Hello and welcome to the Stuck Brain Podcast. All things mental health with a different approach. We look at the research, but we also discuss real life experience. Hello and welcome back to another episode of the Stuck Brain Podcast. My name is Eric. I am your host for the day. Today we have a guest named Dave Dubois. He is a meditation teacher, a psychedelic guide, and an integration coach. You can find out more about Dave at his website, which is radicalbalance.net. Now, he is helping me set up my own meditation practice. We are going to go over the small things that stop most of us from meditating. And we know through research, meditation is really beneficial for almost everybody. So this is important to me, and it's important to mental health in general. Now, if you're new to this podcast, please go to the previous episode and listen to Meditation Episode 1 first. So with that being said, on to the podcast. So good morning, Eric. It's nice to be back with you. Absolutely, yeah. It's been about a week for our listeners. So it has been exactly one week, seven days since I started. That's right. And I'm really interested to hear how things have gone for you. And in particular, I'm interested because... It, it sounds like you you first went and investigated the garage possibility for practice and that that ended up not working out so much and that you did find a place inside. But then it also sounded like you had some some kind of doubts and concerns coming up in some of those initial practice experiences. So I'd love to hear in more detail what these last seven days of practice have been like for you. Yeah. And I got to be honest, it's weird to be on this side of the coin. Right. <laughs> like yeah. I'm the client and I've never really played this role. So, or been in this role. So it's kind of weird for me. So I, I am struggling with that part of it. I'm glad I'm getting this experience because what I'm about to say is a lot of times what I get from my clients. So it's kind of nice to be in their shoes. Right. And, you know, I'm curious to how it's going to unfold. So let, let's first talk about the garage. And if you haven't listened to episode one, please listen to episode one, because otherwise this probably won't make sense. But originally I was thinking I was going to start my meditation practice in the garage because there's a nice area, but it, it wasn't functional. Basically, I would have had to get up at five in the morning and then I have to open up this loud garage and I have to get in there. So I knew that wasn't going to work. So I created a little space in my living room. So how is it going? I'll bring it. I'll. I'll talk about some of the things that it's bringing up. So the first thing that it's bringing up is I didn't realize how poor my posture is. <laughs> I didn't realize how much I feel like I'm getting what we call kyphosis. If mm -hmm. nobody knows what that is, that's the, the curvature of the spine. You know, you see those older individuals where they're like looking down and they can't walk because they're staring at the ground. I didn't realize how much I sit and how much I sit in a C-spine shape. So that was actually the first time sitting there, it actually brought up a lot of feelings in the body. Like, oh my goodness, I I'm going to have kyphosis. I'm going to be that old guy looking down at the ground. And, you know, it actually made me more mindful of that. So that, that was a physical kind of body shape. It also brought up feelings of, man, I'm so inflexible. I got to take better care of myself. So it brought up those insecurities and those feelings. What I'm going through today, because I, I was compliant, I did it every day for about five minutes and we'll get into how I set up because I think there's some improvements that I can do there. I feel like one of my clients, 
I feel like I'm just sitting there and I'm just thinking for five minutes, right? And I'm just, and I know I'm meditating, but I don't really feel like I'm meditating. I feel like I'm just taking a time out, which is still good, still beneficial, but it feels like I'm missing out on something. Mm -hmm. And so I'm dealing with that kind of struggle as well, which is interesting because a lot of my clients tell me that. And, you know, I've always told them, okay, just kind of push through it. So I know to push through it. The other thing is I don't know, I sit down, I put my phone down and then I actually set a timer, not a timer, but a stopwatch thing, right? Because I want to make sure I go at least five minutes. And then I do pay attention to my breath. I feel like I'm bringing it back, but there's a lot of times where I'm listening to my breath and I'm thinking about something else at the same time. Mm -hmm. I didn't really realize that was possible. <laughs> right, right. So I know I gave you a lot. Yeah. So let's kind of pull this apart That's... and dissect it. And where do you want to start? This is great. This is great. Well, the first place I'd like to start is to not skip over or or miss the opportunity to, to acknowledge a really juicy fruit already of your practice that I'm seeing right in front of us. You shared actually a really big insight that's already come out of your first sessions. And that's this pattern that you just described where you are experiencing physical sensations in the body in the present moment. And then pretty quickly, and maybe without even being aware of it, that translates into you telling yourself a story about yourself. Oh man, am I out of shape? Oh wow, am I inflexible? Oh, I'm, I've got this thing that's developing, this condition in my back. And you've just gone from tuning into what's actually happening in your body for a moment, and then your mind is off to the races, telling yourself stories and almost solidifying certain conceptions that you have about yourself. That's an insight right there that that's happening for you, that that almost might have gone right past unnoticed. Yeah. Wow. I didn't even think about that because that is a narrative I've been carrying with me all my life. Even when I, I was in top shape, like I was a pretty good athlete, I still always told myself I'm out of shape and I could be better. That's interesting. I never even thought of that. I, I mean, I'm going to have to start to... I guess, tackle that or bring that apart. What, what would you recommend? To, to continue to notice it for right now, such an enormous okay. part of, of human experience that seems to happen often under the level of conscious awareness is translating what we're feeling in our body in the moment into some kind of meaning. That, it me that what I'm feeling in my body is not just what I'm feeling in my body temporarily at this moment. It's a sign. It's part of this, it's part of this ongoing story that I'm telling and constructing. And to just even notice that that's taking place gives you some f future opportunities for awareness. So I would just, I would continue to notice that and let that be another moment where you then recognize that that's happening. Oh, I've, I've gone into storytelling and I'm going to come right back to, to trying to pay attention to the breathing. Okay. And even outside of meditation, I should do that is what you're saying. I'm getting For like sure. even my daily life. Cause I, I know I tell this narrative to myself every day, pretty much every minute of the hour. It feels like, yeah. you know, I'm out of shape. I'm not healthy. Uh, that's been a narrative for a long time. So, okay. Yeah. I can do that. And the, we're almost stepping outside of just the strict boundaries of meditation to mention this, but it, it's so relevant and related that if you start having those moments of awareness inside meditation or outside meditation, 
rather than that being a cue for feeling worse about yourself, you could kind of rewire what's going on in the moment right there to be a moment to like uplift your posture, for example. And that then each time you catch yourself telling that story, it's like you're rewriting the direction that, that things are going and you're rewriting your response by suddenly having a, a totally new cue. Oh, this is an opportunity for me to kind of bring my shoulders back and open my chest a little bit and let that natural curvature in the lower back go back into a, a healthy spot. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah, I will do that. I will absolutely do that. Great. Yeah, as you see, I'm doing it right now. You guys can't see because we're on camera, but I'm constantly <laughs> arching my back to straighten it up because it's a narrative I've been with my whole life. So that's, that's yeah, I will do that. Thank you for that. Yes, that's yeah. good. And then this, the second thing that I'd like to address that you shared is this experience of, as you said it, I'm thinking about the breath, but I'm also thinking about all these other things at the same time. And not to get too deeply into semantics, but it's, it's an important distinction that you shared or an important wording where you said thinking about the breath because part of what in this meditation technique that we're practicing together, part of the attempt is to really get beyond what's happening at the level of thinking. That there's, there's kind of thinking, oh, okay, my shoulders and are rising and lowering right now and my chest is expanding. But then there's the the nonverbal feelings of that that are actually taking place at the level of your your body's consciousness your physical consciousness like the difference between if you were touching the top of your arm right now there's what you may think about it but then there's just the pure physical sensations and if i said tune into that without thinking about it that's the level of focus that i'm encouraging you to work with the pure physical sensations. And will that come with time or how do I, because I feel like the more I try to force it, the worse it's going to get. Mm -hmm. Like I, like the more I'm like, I need to feel this is probably going to detract from, from everything. Yeah. So does it just come with practice kind of feeling? It does come with practice. And one of the things you can emphasize in, in your experience right now is making sure you're not excluding any parts of your experience, but trying to allow them to be in peripheral awareness. If you could almost imagine you've got a sphere or a circle of what you're paying attention to, and then all the other things in your experience would just be outside of that circle or in another sphere. And what, what I'm encouraging you to have inside that sphere of focus is just the physical sensations that are already present in your experience right now, but just not thinking about them. It's a, it's a different way of knowing, right? Our minds have different ways of, of knowing things. If I show you a cup right now and I say, what is this? You know it's a cup without even having to think about it. There's a certain type of knowing. And if I say, what does your lower back feel like right now? You can tune into something there before you'd even know how to bring it into words to explain it to me. And it's that level of sense consciousness that, yes, it takes practice. This is what you're trying to become familiar with focusing on right now. Yeah. And I spend so much time in my head. I'm so cerebral. I'm so up there all the time. So this will be good. I, I will 
try to feel it instead of think about it. Yeah. I will definitely do that. Okay. And then as far as sitting down and getting started, you know, I hit the stopwatch. I let myself have some time to kind of run through what I have to do that day, you know, what clients I have to talk with and all that and kind of get that out of my head. And then I tried to start to focus on the breath, the sensations in the nostrils, and then bring it back. But it it feels like, did I start? Did I not start? Okay. Yes. You know what I mean? It feels kind of blurry. That's great that you're noticing that. This is why, for example, in in certain meditation traditions, the session will begin with a sound like a bell and will end with a sound like a bell. And so what I recommend you do is pick up something like Insight Timer, even just the free version of that app, which just has a nice meditation timer inside of it. I have no affiliation or connection with Insight Timer, but I think I use that thing just about every day purely for its timer function. You can set it up so it's a bell at the beginning and a bell at the end of the session. And then it's great because you don't even have to, at that point, be looking at a clock or anything like that. If you have your eyes closed, that's not a problem. But I would recommend having that clean beginning and clean end. And the way to have that work with what you just described is sit down, spend those couple minutes letting go of what you need to let go and running through whatever you're you're trying to get out of the way so that you can enter the meditation session and then when that feels complete hit the button to start the timer and you'll hear a bell to to mark a nice beginning and then you'll hear a bell to mark a nice end of the session that would be my recommendation okay yeah yeah i'm excited for that because i felt like it was really blurry and i was like am i doing this am i not did i start did i not start and then that was kind of keeping me out of it because I was like, I don't know where I'm at in, in time and space. Yeah. Another tangent I just thought of when you were talking about this, because I, I sit down and I do try to get settled, right? I let the body kind of relax and I can actually feel my, my heart. And sometimes my heart beats so much that my body actually sways a little bit. And then yeah. I start going in tangents like, is that good? Is that bad? Should I be feeling that? And it goes back to that narrative that I think I've been telling myself, you know, I'm out of shape, I'm getting old, that kind of stuff. Yeah, that's a that gives you an interesting opportunity as somebody who we, you and I haven't discussed, and it doesn't sound like you've had particular traumas that make it difficult to pay attention to, to that heartbeat, for example. You could, as, as much as I've encouraged you in the last episode to not change your object of meditation from the breathing if you wanted to you could try at the beginning of a session to decide i'm going to just pay attention to my heartbeat if it's there to the feelings in my chest and if those aren't available tune into the to the breathing but you could let that be something that you pay attention to and it could be connected to this issue we were talking about earlier of this is just what your heart is doing in this moment right now and it doesn't have to mean anything or go beyond that oh right now i know that my heart is beating fast oh right now i'm observing that without doing anything my heart rate is coming back down to normal oh i just noticed that i thought about work and my heart rate i can feel it again however it happens to be playing out okay that that could be another way of knowing what's happening with your body and mind in the present moment. Okay. And kind of bringing me more present to the moment. Because 
that's kind of the point of meditation, right? Is to get out of the future and the past and kind of get to what's going on now. Yeah. I just had another thought, a tangent. Could you do this for pain? So let's say I'm having a slight ache in the back. Would I want to use that as a thing or would that be not a good idea? It's a great idea in, in, in the right context with the right setup and a lot of mindfulness-based stress reduction, especially people who are encountering that modality through the, coming to it because of their chronic or, or acute physical pain, it can be a great way to have and be with something that is happening in your present experience. And very quickly, you start getting right into the area that you and I have been discussing of what this pain in this moment means to me in my story of myself is actually very different than the physical sensations that are happening in this moment. And that often takes a lot of practice, though perhaps less than one might think, to start to see and experience that distinction. But it's a really, really important one because the experience of suffering is put together from both of those components. What's actually happening in the moment right now, plus all of the meaning in the the stories that we lay on top of that. To be able to tune into just the part that's happening at the physical level in the moment can oftentimes really change your experience of the pain itself and the suffering that comes along with it. Yeah, yeah. Narratives, and we know now there's research around pain and they call it neuroplastic pain and pain that comes from traumas that we, not necessarily physical traumas, but mental health traumas. Like there's a higher correlation between fibromyalgia and having adverse child events. And, you know, TMJ, the tightness in the jaw has a higher correlation to adverse child events. And that there's a narrative around that, that we tell ourselves. Okay. I think honestly, I'm going to be transparent. I think I'm going to wait for the pain one. That seems yeah. too advanced. I don't want to go there. <laughs> no, I really think that you should continue working with the physical sensations of breathing with the possibility of working with the physical sensations of like increased heart rate. If when sitting down, you realize that's already happening. And so you might as well tune into that. But otherwise, it's enough to just work with this distinction you're finding right now of being in thoughts and having a lot of thought activity and making that almost difficult to get back to the just the pure sensations of your breathing. So let me breathe this back to you. This is kind of my plan so far for this next week. I'm going to use the insight timer. I'm going to let myself settle. I'm going to sit, let myself settle. And then when I feel like I'm ready, I'm going to do the timer. I'm going to set it for about five minutes. That way I know I'm actually doing what I want to do. I'm going to choose before I start, I'm going to choose either the breath or the heart. And maybe when I'm settling, that will point me in the direction where I want to choose. And then outside meditation. I'm actually going to start paying attention to when I have these feelings in the body, in the spine, in the back, and I start going to that negative narrative. I don't even want to call it negative, just my narrative, because there's probably some good parts to that narrative as well. So when I go to that narrative, I'm going to use it to kind of help change my posture and, you know, just notice it. I'm not going to do much with it. Just kind of get in the habit of, oh, that's that narrative that I keep telling myself and pointing it out to myself. Is that kind of the plan that we're laying out for me for the next week? That sounds really good to me. What other hiccups do you notice usually in the first week? I think that 
some of the biggest hiccups that often come up in the first week that you might have protected against by having a podcast that you're doing about meditation is is a certain type of aversion to getting into the practice because you you saw from the last one that it doesn't feel great and it's kind of unfocused and it's it's hard to walk away from the early sessions feeling like wow i feel really great about doing this it's it's just not all that pleasant so giving up and having aversion or starting to believe the stories that you're telling yourself like wow i'm just i'm a really scattered person as opposed to wow lately i've cultivated a certain distraction and non non-attention to the present moment to start doubting yourself and believing the judgments that you're having because of meditation those are some of the early earliest problems that really come up and then just a certain being battered by your mind's agitation and and having that having that seem like something's going wrong at that point as opposed to you just dropped in the river at the same white water spot that everybody drops in the river and it's going to be white water for a little while it's just the natural part of the terrain it's just believing yeah. that there's something happening right now that's not what's supposed to be happening it's, that's really I, I think what some of the biggest early challenges are or not overcoming the thing that you saw in the garage oh you know what i thought i had a good plan for this and now it seems like I don't have a good plan and I've got to be quiet because it's before people have gotten up. Oh, this just seems like it's not worth it. That a certain type of almost laziness around the, the amount of effort required to, to get it going. So you've, you've done a good job with those. And, and hopefully your listeners aren't running into those in, in a way that inhibits their progress, but rather, like in your case, meet with some kind of creativity and problem solving and, and just try to find another way forward. Yeah. And I, and I see like having this, this podcast and meeting with you is holding me accountable. I know the research behind meditation. I know that it's so beneficial, but I could see why a lot of my clients now I, I'm kind of getting it. Why a lot of my clients fall off after a week or two. Yeah. Right. Cause it is kind of challenging and a lot of things are coming up and you don't really tangibly like, feel the results right away. And so it's, it's kind of pushing through that. And I'm glad that I have you to be a, because you hold me accountable. I have to be here. You know what I mean? I'm committed. So I'm going to be here for it. So it's coming, it's giving me some insight on how my clients are feeling and how yeah. people are feeling around it. Yeah. And yeah. it's harder to, to go back to an app that you're working with. I'm surprised that apps haven't advanced in their coaching capabilities to say, well, what are you running into? What have your, even if it's check off a few boxes to say, what are the problems you're running into? And then gives you some specific advice because it's just, it's important to, to recognize over and over again, that even the challenging parts of it that you're experiencing are the predictable, normal, challenging parts of the beginning of the practice. Yeah. And that's important that this is normal. This is expected. You know, I'm not this odd case that's going through it, right? Yeah. Which gives me hope. But yeah, I could see how some of my clients, the garage thing wouldn't have worked and then they have to be all quiet and they're like, it's not worth it. And they just quit, you know, especially before they see the results. Yeah. What else do you recommend? I would just 
My other cue based on what you've shared is I would recommend for you practicing with the maneuver of dropping your attention into your body and letting that be the way that you connect with the physical sensations of breathing or of your heart beating, whichever you're going to be working with. But just imagine that all of your thoughts and stories and judgment, that can all be taking place up here and around you, but that where you're really sending your microscope focus of, of your what you're presently knowing right now and paying attention to, just let that come down into your body. And, and even if you have to do that a dozen times during the session to remind yourself that you're just kind of coming back into the body, that's going to help you really start to become familiar with and focus on those sensations rather than everything else that's going on. Okay. Feels like it would take me out of my head and bring me back more to mind-body connection kind of thing. Yeah. That will be helpful. So I'll definitely do that. What else? Where else should we go with this? I think that for a simple practice like this that is so challenging, I think that less is more and this feels okay. like an appropriate amount of discussion about the practice for your next stretch. Okay, perfect. So we'll meet again in a week. I'll record kind of my process and see what's going on. And then we'll, I'll have more kind of feedback about my process in, a, in another week. All right. All right. Thank you so much for meeting with me and I'll see you in one week. Stick with it. Good luck with your practice. Once again, thank you for listening to our podcast. And those of you that have taken time to leave reviews and contact us through Instagram, thank you. You can see the show notes at stuckbrainpodcast.com. You can also visit us on Instagram at stuckbrainpodcast, and you can leave what topics you want to hear next.